Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I am flush with anticipation. You're flush with anticipation. Yes, because something exciting is happening this weekend. Something exciting for you or for the world? For the world. And what is it? World Senior Games, that's when registration opens. Oh my word, you are 100% correct. Oh, March 1st yeah. is the day that registration opens, and that is an exciting day for the world. It is, and how are you doing, Kyle? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So Jeff, here we are at the end of February. Yes, we are. Uh, for those of us who live in the Northern Hemisphere, we're in the depths of winter, which I yeah. know is extremely relative as it we is. look out the window it, here yes. in St. George, Utah. Uh, we're seeing something different than some of the other areas around the world and around yeah. the country are seeing. I talked to somebody from Minnesota, and they're talking about the feet of snow, the foot, of, how many feet of snow outside yes. the window. So, and we are not worried about that right no, now. No, we're not. But thank goodness. Regardless, we are in winter. Yes, we are. There's no leaves on the trees. Yes, we don't have any snow on the ground, but right, and it's like 65 degrees. But, but still, we're suffering you know, as best we can. Yeah, we're suffering as best we can. So, so here's the deal. I want to talk about something today that we don't think about in winter. Okay. And uh, that's why I want to touch on it. Sunburn? It's not sunburn, oh. no. It's hydration. Well, that's true. We don't. You know, I mean, a lot of times in the summer you think, okay, I got to I gotta right. drink. But in the winter, sometimes we forget. And the fact of the matter is that water is probably the most underutilized tool when it comes to our health. I think you're right. I think uh, that, that could be true in, in many, many circles. From hydrating your skin and helping with headaches, water also gives you energy. Drinking enough water each day really does pay off in a big way when it comes to your health and wellness. That's true, and, so, and your digestion. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so many benefits, right? That's right. Today, I want to talk about how much is enough. Okay. Okay? So, here's the deal. They they say, the experts, they, the infamous they, that we often recite. The ubiquitous they. Usually talk about. Yes. They say that women should generally drink about nine cups of fluids a day, uh-huh. while men should aim for 12. That's according to the Mayo Clinic. Wow. Now, that's just an average. Um, that's discriminatory. Well, it, I, I guess it could be considered that, uh, d- depending on how you look at it. But yeah, so nine for for women, nine cups for women, twelve for men. Mm-hmm. Um, they also say they also say experts say that you should uh, drink more based on your activity level. Well, that's true. Yeah, right. So that it, it yeah. seems like it should go without saying that anyone who works out on a regular basis would need more water than someone who's sedentary. Mm-hmm. But not upping your fluid intake to match your exercise schedule can lead to some unpleasant consequences if mm-hmm. you're not careful. True. So uh, dehydration can produce a number of different side effects from feeling a little bit lethargic to plummeting blood pressure. Those are what the experts say. Those right? they. Those they. So while everyone's sweat rate's a little bit different, it's safe to assume that for every 45 to 60 minutes of exercise you do, you'll want to drink a minimum of 40 ounces of water, mm. which might seem a little high to, to some people, maybe to you, I don't know. Uh, if you feel like you're needing nine cups of water, if you're a woman, 12 cups of water, uh, if you're a man, but if you're drinking nine cups of water a day, uh, that should bump up to about 15 cups if you're That's working out for 60 minutes. Yeah, not many so, people do that, but some people do. Yeah, yeah. So so that's something to consider. I've read a few studies that say you need to drink a gallon of water a day. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that? Well, no, but that's I mean, a lot of water. I've heard that if you're in the desert and you're hiking, you need to put on a gallon of water per person per day. Okay, so so you've you've heard it in, in certain contexts. Yeah. 
Um, it's possible that you might need a gallon depending on who you are and how many calories you consume a day and your level of physical activity. There's a lot of mm-hmm. factors that go into it. For example, a professional or an endurance athlete should be drinking more technically a bunch of water. Yes. Right. That's the technical term for yeah, it. A bunch. Uh, however, it is possible to drink too much water. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you drink too much water, it may induce hyponatremia. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, but uh, that is severely low blood levels of sodium, and that can have some neurological implications among some other side effects. But here's the deal. It's kind of hard to drink too much water. It's you possible. Have, you have to work at it. Yeah, you really have to try. You're not going to accidentally overhydrate yourself. No. So keep that in mind. A couple of ideas on how you can get more water if you're not getting enough. The first thing they recommend is that you can wake up and drink, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Start your day with water, 16 drink ounces water. of water. Right? Drink water. Let me clarify, 16 ounces of water right away. Keep a glass on hand by your nightstand or, mm-hmm. or by your bathroom sink for a visual cue. Uh, they also say that you should eat more produce, which comes yes. not only with the hydration, but also all the vitamins and the minerals That's and right. the nutrients that come with that. But for example, an apple, just one apple can pack up to a half a cup of water. Yeah. So there's some uh, some hydration there. You can snack on extra veggie, veggies. With salsa, you can add extra tomatoes to a salad. Uh, Tomatoes have a lot of water. You can get generous with your serving sizes of berries or citrus, melon, grapes, other fruits. All these have water content in them. Especially watermelon. Watermelon has a lot of water in it. Uh, And then also, speaking of fruit, you can put fruit in your water, which sometimes makes it a little bit tastier. And then once you finish the glass of water that has fruit in it, you can eat that fruit and get extra fiber and vitamins and minerals. Very so good. stay hydrated, even though it's winter, even if there is snow outside, uh, you still got to drink that water. So I'm hearing you, what I'm hearing you say is drink up, drink up, drink up, right? Very good. Jeff, today's guest is Dr. Robert Kramer. Dr. Kramer earned his doctorate in clinical psychology from the university of Utah. He's passionate about wellness and has pioneered wellness techniques in meditation, hypnosis, personal psychology, and personal motivation. Dr. Kramer, we're glad you could join us today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad yeah. to be anywhere, actually, at my age. <laughs> at this time in your life, it's just good to be, right? Absolutely. Well, we're, uh, we're very excited to visit with you and, and glad once again that you could join us. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Today, Dr. Kramer, we want to talk a little bit about, uh, I think, a topic that is important to all of us, and that is the science behind behavioral change. Yeah, behavioral change is much, much trickier than people think. And well, or even when we think it's hard, it still is hard, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we all, we're, we're in the middle of February, the end of February. I think many of us went through that New Year's resolution phase where we decided we were going to make these changes. And here we are a couple of months in, and maybe we've had a hard time doing it. Yeah. Well, and most people who establish New Year's resolutions, uh, those resolutions are already forgotten. It's true, right? It's true. And and it's not because people are lacking willpower. It's because they don't have the right instructions on how to change behavior. Changing behavior takes certain techniques. I mean, if you think of, of, of buying something at an Ikea store and putting it together without the instructions, it's hard enough with the instructions. It's very hard with the instructions. But without the instructions, <laughs> you know, your your bookcase is is, uh, is going to look like a, a child's dangerous crib by the time you're done. It you know, very so, easily could. <laughs> so there are some science-driven, very straightforward ways of changing behavior. And if you know these techniques, then 
you can change your behavior and you're not going to succumb to repeated failures, which wind up becoming demoralizing for all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm excited to hear the science behind this because I think I am, I don't think I'm different than most people out there. I have set resolutions, whether they're at the beginning of the year or set goals at different times in my life. And it can be quite frustrating and demoralizing when you don't achieve those things that you set for yourself. So I'm excited to hear some of the uh, tips and science-backed information that you're going to share with us. Sure. So how do we do it? How do we change behavior? Well, here we go. Uh, and, there, and there are a few important techniques to keep in mind. And um, you can also go on to um, the Live Long, Live Well website, which is uh, a, new, a new initiative we're doing in, in St. George and actually Washington County overall, where we're helping people to live longer, healthier lives. It's livelong.dixie.edu. Okay. And you'll find some of that stuff here. But let me talk to you about, about some of the things, and they'll seem simple, but one of the first things is... Um, is getting started. Okay. That's the hardest now, thing. Because, again, that seems simple. However, maybe that's the hardest step. I, absolutely. Because 90% of our behavior is just habitual. We don't even realize how much of what we do is just by habit alone. And so to change that, you've got you've to you've break your subconscious and say, hey, I'm a different guy today. Things are going to be different, and you're going to have to insert a new habit or stop an old habit. And, and, the, and the subconscious is going to fight you. Yeah. And, and so there are ways that we can, we can work to, um, to help get past that. And there, there are three components that are very, very important. One is your motivation. Okay. You've got to understand why you really want to do this, what you really want to accomplish, and make sure that it's something as you imagine yourself six months down the road, a year down the road, even five years down the road, that that's very important to you and you imagine a different quality of life and being a person that's a little more like what you want to be. So the motivation is really critical. Another crit critical component is ability. The biggest mistake we make is that we want to be, let's say, 50 pounds lighter and so we say, well, by next week, by next week. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we do. And then, of course, we've got we've got all sorts of uh, snake oil salesmen that will say, you can lose 50 pounds sure. next week. And and we get onto this train and and all we do is is fail and become discouraged and waste hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars of money and time and time. Yeah. So uh, I like to use the analogy of of a freight train. Okay. So think of a, think of a big freight train with, with lots and lots of cars. And you've seen some of these, it's a mile long. And each of these cars is about 20,000 pounds or something like that. Sure. You've got this huge diesel engine, but to get that whole train of cars from a stop to moving, you have something between the engine and the car behind it. And then the car behind that, you have what are called couplers. Okay. And these couplers have some give. So when the engine starts, it can go uh, it can it can go a certain distance without any drag from the car behind it. And once that train gets going, it's hard to stop. So when that second when that first car behind it finally engages, it's got enough momentum so it can pull that second car, that first car. And then 
Now you've got this big momentum of this heavy engine, powerful engine, and a first car. Then there's that's a gap. going to pull the next that's one. It's going to pull the next yeah. one and so on and so on until that momentum is so strong that you can, you can pull a mountain by the time you get to the end of this thing without stopping. So think of momentum. But, and the critical piece is that little teeny coupler and just that, that few feet that gives you the pull. And really what we're talking about is ability. Okay. And, and what we need to do is we need to start with taking very small steps. I call them baby steps. So let's say my goal is to look like George Clooney. Okay, okay. A, a worthy goal. For, for, yeah, us. worthy goal, unrealistic <laughs> goal. First of all, set realistic goals. But let's say that I want to be better looking or I want to be thinner or whatever it is. Okay. I've got to be realistic that that's not going to happen immediately. You know, patience, grasshopper. If you want me to use an old analogy for, for the old people who remember that that show. That, that's from Kung Fu, if you don't Kung Fu. I, you know, TV I've never actually Fu. seen Kung Fu, but I did know the reference to grasshopper. <laughs> I'm aware of it. So <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but yeah, if you think of that, you've got to be very patient. And so what you do is you set mini goals. You set baby steps or micro steps or whatever you want to call it. So... Let me give a let me give an example of the researcher who's done a lot of the research on this. Is a guy that by the name of B.J. Fogg out of uh, Stanford University, okay. who happens to have ties with uh, with Utah, as a matter of fact. But he is the guru, and he said, "All right, so I decided I've got to get more physically fit. I'm going to start doing push push-ups." He did not start trying to do fifty push-ups every day. What he did is he says, "I'm going to do one." push-up a day. Now that seems doable. One push-up a day right? is doable. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Can for, say, for, for I'm most do of a us. <laughs> and, and what you have to get past is, well, oh, that's not going to do anything. Well, it's going to do a lot. And let me tell you why. Because okay. the third piece is reward. Um, and that reward is essentially saying you accomplish something. First of all, you reward yourself for just starting, and that could be just you know, you know, a self high five yeah. or man, I did it! I'm on the road to something new. You celebrate those little baby steps, and so let's give an example of this. So, he remembers to do the push up, and we'll talk the about triggers that helps you to remember to do the push up. Okay, and then he goes, yes. Yes, I did it. I remembered to do it, and I did a full push-up, and I didn't hurt myself. There's Celebrate. Actually, there's actually two rewards there. The fact that you remembered and the fact that you did it, there's two rewards. I mean, two. There's two behaviors to be two rewarded. Behaviors. Absolutely, right. Jeff. <laughs> you, this guy's on. This guy's on to it. He is, I don't say much, but you listen. He yeah, absolutely. So, you have already had a success. Now, what happens in the brain is even if it's a small success, if you have an emotional reward action, even if you're not even buying into it. As soon as your body sees that you're going, yeah, or I'm the man, or I'm the woman, or whatever, and you're feeling good about that, there are endorphins that are released right after you did that behavior. So now your brain is saying, ah, this behavior leads to endorphins, which is, you know, your natural high. So I'm going to get this guy to do it more. So I'm going to create uh, a pattern in my brain to remember to do this behavior. And our brains just do this for us. Our brains do it for us. Yeah. So yeah, all that all that is behind the surface. So so you just have to do the behaviors that that lead to that. 
Now, what you do eventually is you say, oh, I'm pretty bored with doing one push-up. I'm going to do two. Okay. Because that's the kind of guy I am, right? <laughs> I, like, I like the swagger in your voice yeah, as you say yeah, that. I'm yeah, do yeah, that's the kind of guy I am. Yeah. And, and uh, so this is what BJ Fogg himself did. Now he does 50 push-ups a day. Wow, he's worked up to it from one, from one to fifty. To 50. Yeah. Now, if he started doing, trying to do even ten, and got discouraged and was so sore the next day, he said, "I'm it's never going to do this again." It. You're not he engaging would, that that reward center in your brain if exactly, you go that route, right? Exactly. That's exactly it. He would not have succeeded. And so, a year down the road, he's doing fifty. If he was the other guy that tried to start with fifteen, he would be doing zero push-ups right now. Yeah. That's the big difference. So I see this uh, I see this pattern here developing that just makes a lot of sense. I like that analogy of the coupler. Um, I, I had not really thought of that or understood the mechanics of it, but that to me makes a lot of sense. You, you just got to go a little bit and then that pulls and then that pull that you create creates additional pull and here you are on your way, right? Exactly. Exactly. I I like that. And I also really like this concept and idea of baby steps. You have to break it down to something that's manageable, that's doable, and then you got to celebrate the baby steps. Exactly. Exactly. Because I think sometimes we might have a tendency to say, okay, I'm going to start small. I'm going to start slow. And then you do that and you're like, oh, but I only did it because it was too easy and I could never do the hard thing. Well, you got to stop that. Right. 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 You got to celebrate those little steps. You gotta celebrate those little steps. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. So we've talked about push-ups. Um, let's, let's try to use another example just to kind okay. of walk this analogy and this process, this again, scientifically backed procedure sure. through. So let's say that I am a softball player and I want to hit better. Okay. Walk us through it. Okay. All right. So you're a softball player. You want to hit better. So first of all, you got to, obviously you have some motivation. Find to your motivation, that. right? Yeah, you're, find you're, your motivation. You want to, you don't want to let your team down. You want to up your batting average. You, you want to see what to, the field looks like from first base. You want to see yeah. what it looks like from first base. <laughs> Whatever that motivation is, you got to find that first. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And another important thing that really helps you is to write stuff down. Ah, okay. Because there is some, another weird thing that's going on subconsciously in our brain is our brain thinks things are really important and worth retaining if we, if, if we get our fine motor uh, skills working in concert with the brain. So writing stuff down really does make a difference in, in it being impactful and helping you to remember. So you write down what you want to do. You research and you know, with the with the case of your swing, you're going to get, you're going to want people to give you some uh, that you trust with some feedback about what you've got to change, right? And then you write down all these different pieces that you need to change, and you take one at a time, a small step, and gradually improve that. Now, there's one other thing too that's really important with behavior change is a trigger. And a trigger is just something that reminds you to do that. So, for instance, uh, B.J. Fogg would do a push-up uh, every time he had gone to the bathroom. So that okay. was the trigger. That There's was the trigger. remind him, every time I go to the bathroom, I'm going to do a push-up. And eventually it became a lot of push-ups. Um, <laughs> I would, I went to the bathroom. I, personally, I would have gone with 
Every time I wash my hands after going to the bathroom, there I'm going to do go. a push-up. But, trigger. you know, maybe maybe, <laughs> <There's your trigger. laughs> maybe that's just me. But <laughs> triggers are really important. When I get out of bed, the first thing I'm going to do is meditate. Um, you know, when I, when I, um, uh, just before I eat dinner, I'm going to have a glass of water. You know, so these yeah. triggers really help you to incorporate that with other habits that you're automatically doing already. Okay, so then I like that because you said earlier that so much of our life really is just habit. Exactly. We do so many things without really thinking about it or because we think or we know that that's the thing that we're supposed to do. So if you can tie a behavioral change to something that you're already doing, like using the restroom, eating dinner, you know, watching a, a television show and the commercial comes on, whatever that trigger is, it feels like there's going to be a connection there that kind of pulls that momentum along. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you got it. And then you, and then you just reward yourself. He, uh, this person that's doing, you know, working on his practice swing, it's easy to get frustrated because I'm trying to change this one thing and I keep doing it wrong. Yeah. So you've got to reward yourself for, I keep trying, I keep trying. And, uh, at some point, it's going to connect and he's going to see the difference and then, or she's going to see the difference and then move on to, to the next step. The next step. But if you're not rewarding yourself along the process, you're going to stop. Cele- Guaranteed. Celebrate the little victories. Celebrate no matter how them. small they are, celebrate no, them. Absolutely. Now you've, you've uh, been in health and wellness. You've, you've done a variety of different things uh, professionally. Do you, do you work with individuals one on one, or is it more in an academic class setting? Well, I'm I'm the director of ICL, and it's a lifelong learning for people fifty and older, retired. And, but but if if you're twenty five and you've got sixty bucks, we'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we have about eighty three classes, and so I I do a a live well class, and I do that every semester. And we've got uh, free Thursday evening lectures all on wellness topics and. Uh, and we broadcast those. Uh, we do a number of different things, and I, I do some individual consultation if people want it. But a lot of it is is trying to get the word out, and then getting people to come to our sure. our uh, the yeah uh, come to the classes. Yeah, and, and the and longevity website uh, livelong.dixie.edu, where we put a lot of information too. Now, just to emphasize that, um, uh, you know, obviously that is. Um, uh, a program that is here locally. We have listeners from all around the nation. They can still access this website. Oh. Even if you don't live in St. George, Utah, you can still access livelong.dixie.edu and access a lot of the resources and capabilities and tools and, and techniques that are there. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if they have some recommendations, we're we're happy to take it. And uh, yeah, just don't take the survey because the survey is for, for Washington County people. people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but information is there and uh, you can definitely access that and uh, find ways to, to better your life. That's the goal, right? Absolutely. The healthier you are, the happier you are. And conversely, the happier you are, the healthier you are. And we work we work on mental physical, the whole thing to, to make people not only have a, uh, have a, a longer lifespan, but what we call a health span, yeah. that you'll be healthier for longer years, which is probably more important to er- everyone. And, you know, that's the thing that we spend so much time talking about on the show is living what we call the active life. Yes. And, you know, there's so much more to living the active life than just living. We, we want to put 
you know, life into our years. As much as we want to have more years, we want to have more life Absolutely. as we go along. Well, Dr. Kramer, thank you so much. I really appreciated your information today. I'm going to put that to practice. Wonderful. And I'm going to see if I can do a few more push-ups every once in a while. And you'll let us know how you do, right? <laughs> I will let you know for sure. <laughs> thank you once again for joining us. And hopefully we can have you back sometime. Sure. Be glad to. Wonderful. Well, Jeff. Yes, sir. You mentioned at the beginning of the show. I'm going to reiterate at the end of the show. So you're, you're, you're flushed with excitement too? I'm flushed with excitement because March 1st is the first day of registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games. It is. It's exciting. And here, here the, here's the thing. If you're 50 years age of age of older or older, you qualify to compete in the Huntsman World Senior Games. That's all you need to do to that's, qualify. That's all it takes just live, to Just live 50. 50 years. So uh, you ought to put that date on your calendar, March 1st. Some of our sports do tend to fill up rather quickly. Yes, they do. So don't wait too long. The dates for the 2020 games are October 5th through the 17th. Team registration is already open. It has been open for a while. We have a lot of teams that have already registered. We do. If you find that your division on the team that you want to register is closed, get yourself on a waiting list because a lot of times we can pull you off the list and still get you in the tournament. That's right. If you have any feedback about the show, please shoot us an email at activelife@seniorgames.net. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And you can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. If you're listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating, write a quick review. You can really help us spread the word. You can also find this and previous shows right on our website at seniorgames.net. So check that out. Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day. Yes. It comes from Olympic gold medalist and world champion Jordan Burroughs. He says, to get better, you have to step outside of your comfort zone. You can't do the same thing you've always done and improve. That's true. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.